You're listening to Two Sides of Phi, a podcast that follows two lifelong friends as they seek financial independence and to retire early. I'm Eric, and I'm joined by my friend Jason, who reached Phi in 2020. And this is our story. Hey, Eric here with Two Sides of Phi, just checking in to set up this episode. This is part two in our How Not to Fire series. If you missed part one, be sure to check that out first. The premise of these is Jason and I have gone into Reddit under the financial independence and fire subreddits and pulled a number of posts to act as case studies for how not to fire. In part one, we talked about people who are on the fire path and something has gone wrong, something is amiss, they need to make some course corrections. In part two, Jason and I are gonna be discussing posts from people who reached their financial independence number, retired early, and have discovered it's not what they expected. Now I'm gonna do my best to summarize each one of these posts, uh, but if you wanna see the full text, be sure to go to either our YouTube channel or our website, twosidesoffi.com, so you can read the original posters, actual verbiage there. No judgment passed, this is simply shared in the same spirit that I think the original posters shared the information so that others can learn from that situation and so that we can avoid making the same mistakes that they made. I think for me, Eric, the thing that's interesting about this is obviously I am 13 months now after leaving my career behind. Um, And so I'm more than a year out. I recently uh, wrote a post uh, of my own on my blog, The Next Phase is Now, about what I felt like I had learned in that year. And while I learned a lot and there was plenty of emotional churn, I am not looking back in any way and saying I made a mistake or I need to go get a job and get back into the grind because this is not what I intended to do. So I'm very happy that I feel that way, but we're going to look at some posts from people who absolutely do not feel that way. Um, starting with this first one, and this is titled fire didn't work out for me. I'm voluntarily going back to work. Ouch. (laughs) Yeah. Right. This person had a great job doing well. They bought cash flowing real estate, started a small company that all, uh, earns passive income. Sounded pretty secure. A year ago, they quit this job that they describe as the best job a person could have. And the last year since then has been horrible. Lack of socialization, (laughs) need to get out of the house. Even impulse urges such as drinking at home have taken their toll on me. This year-long experiment is over. Wow. So, wow. You know, the concerns here um, and the, the reasons stated for going back to work were all yeah. things that you actually encountered in your first year of, of fire, right? And some of those were unexpected. So I think maybe this is a window into those things. If you're, if you um, maybe had some inkling that this may be a problem or you're concerned about that, uh, it's real. And it, and it could yeah. be uh, enough of an impetus to send you back to work. You're not in that position, which is, which is great. But what, yeah. what do you think separates you from you know, you as someone who's been fired for a year and this person who fired for a year, you guys had totally different trajectories. What do you think the difference is there? Well, the first thing that I reacted to when I just read this, and it is pretty brief, and the good news story is that this person did respond to comments from other people who had who had written to this individual. So I have a little more window into their thinking process. I think it really, for me, came down to this thought of focusing hard on the preparation for financial independence, but not at all thinking about preparing yourself personally. And and what did you aim to do, and, and what did you hope to achieve? Because the the quick read of this is they were wholly unprepared 
for when they stop, what comes next. And for me, I thought a lot about it. And I don't mean to say I thought a lot about it like I have this highly architected plan of exactly what I'm gonna do year one, year two, year three, et cetera. But I thought a lot about why I wanted to retire early, some of the things I wanted to explore in early retirement, as much as I don't use that word terribly often in my, to describe my own situation. And it seems that this person has not. Um, they probably had a lot of their identity wrapped up in the workplace. That's an assumption when they talk about lack of socialization, right? They probably didn't have a lot of friends outside of work. They might even be pretty young. They didn't state their age. And so maybe they're in an area where they haven't built up a network of people and suddenly outside of work, they didn't have what they needed. But that's clearly not all of it, right? Because they've, they've, their response is go back to work. Yeah, the response I was, is not. I was just going to say the means to keep doing this, right? I mean, why don't let let you react to that? I mean, financial independence is just that they have they've set up a system where they can be financially independent, but the part that they're missing is the work aspect. And I think there's plenty of people who reach financial independence and continue to work because that has its own level of fulfillment. And I think that's totally fine. <laughs> so yeah. if they lopped off the RE part. They might have been equally happy and fulfilled and uh, even more wealthy. So I don't know. You know, I think um, yeah. I think not connecting the RE part to Phi is one of those things that you and I have, you know, this is two sides of Phi for a very specific reason. And I think more and more people, you know, consider the fire movement to be the Phi movement. And, you know, yeah. this person is part of that. Clearly, if they're financially independent, um, they just have recognized that that retire part is not all that fulfilling for them. And I don't know, you haven't yeah. made that decision. Um, but in some ways, I don't think you ever saw it as retirement. And so that's what I was going to say is the no. difference. Yeah, I, I think everything you've said there is entirely valid. You know, one of the things I, I would ask this individual, if they were telling me they were thinking of leaving, of uh, going back to work, I would say, well, is there something else you could do part-time even, whether it's self-directed or for somebody else, even volunteer work where you would get that same fulfillment, the right. socialization, the things you miss. For me, I had a corporate career uh, that was you know, well beyond 40 hours a week, and I didn't feel any desire to do that again, but I did feel a desire to do things with you know, with and for people um, that I enjoyed. So I am, you know, pouring wine in the tasting room one day a week, you know, a single shift, um, very flexible, can move it around as I need to. But I really like that. Does it make me a lot of money? Of course not. I'm pouring wine in a tasting room, um, you know, but this person working for tips. I mean, this person, they say anything like that. No. And they, they said they literally left the best job a person could ever want. <laughs> so, yes. I mean, there, from home. there's a clear, there's a clue right there. <laughs> you know, if you're really happy and content, you know, just because you've reached a certain financial milestone yeah. doesn't mean you have to give up that happiness and contentness. And in fact, they traded that for something which was clearly not something they enjoyed. So, um, yeah, that's right. Self-reflection and, uh, evaluation here is probably required, but, um, I mean, thankfully it seems like yeah. it worked out for that person. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, and, they may find after going back to work that, you know, the, you know, remove that itch that, that has been digging at them and they will reflect more on what they want out of retire early. And who knows, maybe it's a couple of years and they're right back at it again. But yeah. they thought through it more thoroughly, a little bit older, a little bit wiser. Uh, who knows? It's also the lesson here is nothing is permanent. <laughs> 
you know, absolutely. Very few decisions, I should say, are are decisions that you can't walk back and take a, a different path. And you know, this is proof of that. So I think it's validation for everyone who says, "Oh, what happens when I jump off this cliff?" You know, it's like, well, actually, there's a soft landing. Yeah. These two people titled their posts: uh, number one, "Early retiring made me depressed," and the second one, "Re retire early and am now extremely depressed. Please help." Eesh. Well, first of all, wow, it's very <laughs> yeah. you know striking. I saw these and I immediately read them and started digging into the comments um, because I wanted to know what happened here. And you know, both of them, I believe, are more than a year out at this point. And you know, the first one started where they finished, which is, I guess this is a reminder to retire to something, not from something. Uh-huh. And the second person started with, not sure why I'm posting this, should probably be sharing with a therapist, but curious on everyone's take. Ouch. Oof. Right? This is, so now, this is serious. This is not just it's like... It's very serious. You know, I'm definitely not making light of this. It, it raises yeah. a lot of concerns, um, you know, because they, they have similar aspects of, I had thoughts of these fun things I would do. I did some of those fun things, um, or I had a list, but I didn't do any of it. Uh, I find myself kind of hapless, not sure what to do. Not sure if it's the loose, you know, kind of framework or no timelines, no pressure on me to do this stuff. In fact, the second person says, I spend most of my days just sitting on the couch, literally doing nothing or scrolling my phone in the endless pit of social media. Ouch. All right. Well, so that's not yeah, right? that's not the kind of RE I had in mind. <laughs> no. So so as so someone who is who is pre retire early, you're still working in your chosen profession in architecture and in your own business. What is your reaction to two people echoing this kind of sentiment? I mean, I, I definitely see this with people who start their own businesses too. Like that was, okay. that was where I went when I saw this because you're without the structure and framework of having a social group, someone telling you yes. what to do, deadlines, clients, all those things. And you f sort of float from that heavily structured environment into one, which is completely self-directed and you, you were there too, right? You went from a very rigorous travel schedule and managing lots of people yes. and feeling needed. And that has a certain set of, you know, daily routines and requests of you and, um, also fulfillment. You feel that. Um, yes. and so when, and, and I remember feeling this way when I first transitioned to starting my business, feeling like a little bit aimless. Um, but you know, earning money, was actually the goal for me when I started the business that helped direct and focus my energies. And so it is a concern for me that I might end up here too, that, uh, yeah, right now I have a, a task list a mile long or things that I'm interested in that I want to pursue. Yeah. But what if I get into that space and, and find myself like one of these people, like not motivated? Well, I mean, because yeah. the money isn't required anymore. Um, so I yeah. really feel for these people, but I wonder if there wasn't some circuit breaker to prevent that, which would have been like testing out a mini retirement. Like, okay, you know, this, yes, uh, same know. conclusion. Oh, okay. Yes. I mean, here we are not disagreeing again. God, our viewers are so, <laughs> so boring at this point. <laughs> right. But I, there was actually an interesting comment. I don't know if you remember it in the second post. And that was, um, you know, I basically I'm working on projects and they're fun for a few days, but because it's not a revenue generating project, I yeah. have trouble staying motivated to work on it. What if it, I mean, I could, so, I could see making on. it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But really like what, I'm not entirely sure what that means because from what, you know, just 
pointing the, the camera at myself, I had a lot of, have a lot of projects I was interested in, and you can check me on this because I, I definitely vetted, I mean, I shared a lot of these thoughts with you. I had a lot of projects I was interested in. Most of them had no prospect of ever making any money. Yes, I found myself being attracted to things, particularly external forces, right? Asking me to do stuff for money just because I felt like, oh, someone's offering me money, I should take it. Yeah. Um, but I definitely have never had a problem being motivated by things that have no prospect of making money. So, I mean, we're, you're supposed to be financially independent, yeah. right? You don't need that money. But how do you react to that idea that they're having trouble being motivated by something unless it is going to make money? I mean, I kind of get it. <laughs> okay. un unfortunately, Explain. well, because, you know, without uh, the need to make money, then it's a hobby. And, you know, not everyone has hobbies. You know, some people yeah. actually actively do not like hobbies. Like my wife is a good example. Yeah. She's like, I don't have hobbies. No hobbies. I have things I do. And so I've right. tried to reframe that discussion as like, well, it doesn't, I mean, it could be a money-making venture. Could, and I personally find a lot of fulfillment and interest in creating businesses or creating yes. things that like look like businesses, like micro entrepreneurial adventures, you know, like to me, that's interesting and fulfilling and maybe would serve as some of that motivation. I mean, of course they don't need the money because they're financially independent, but you know, sometimes that can provide the motivation and the drive to do it. And like, you know, I don't know how you view this project that you and I are doing together, but if it were to make money, would it make it more fulfilling or less fulfilling or would it be unchanged? That's a good question. I don't know if fulfilling is the right word. I, I think it's like, it's an, it's nice, uh, nice to have, if it makes any money, you know, right now it's been pretty low cash outlay for either of us for, you know, web hosting or software and things like that. So minimally covering that seems super cool. Uh, if it makes more than that, I don't know if fulfilling is the right word, but it's, it's very gratifying to know that um, people's interest in something you're enjoying doing can translate to to income of any kind because it's like, oh, that's a bonus. Like that's that's exciting. But Certainly here's if it were wildly <laughs> successful. Yeah, that'd be thrilling. But don't but you I don't like, know, is that more fulfilling? I'll push back on that a little bit because I think, yeah, you know, money is uh, when money is exchanged, it's a proxy for the value that you're creating in the world. And I think, yes, I understand, you know, that can be highly motivating. And I, I in some ways would treat it as a game. Like it's interesting. Yeah. It's more interesting if it makes money. It's just like you, you don't yeah, like, like gambling, but when you go to the casino with your friend, he gives you some money because it's just more interesting that way there's some stakes right and so i think yeah. you know this may not be the motivation for everybody and certainly it's not the primary driver for either of us in this it is yeah. the the need to give back and educate and share what you're learning like that's always been a, a yes. primary motivator for me but money is a signal yes. that you are you know creating value for other people in the world and so i i think um removing that for some people may make it less interesting or valuable. And certainly these people yeah, haven't, yeah. haven't stuck with it. So there's a reason for that, right? It all just feels yes. maybe pointless. And yeah, that, man, I would be worried about that. Yeah, no, I think you're onto something there. And that individual even says that they are applying to jobs on LinkedIn, <laughs> you know, getting keen interest in them and then backing out. They just want the, the uplift, right? The motivational uplift from hit. someone being yeah. interested in them. So clearly they haven't found a source of satisfaction of motivation. And so I expect when they, if they find that thing, well, that's going to be 
that's going to help them along. Because so to, to me, my summary of the two of these is maybe they haven't thought so much about what they hoped to get out of retire early, right? Financial independence is a separate thing, but they have left their jobs. But what did they hope to gain from that? Right. Um, you know, you really have to think through that question because to your point, achieving FI does not mean you have to stop your job. You could reduce your hours. You could do different work. You could do the very same work if you love it. But you need to have a why and be prepared to, you know, sort of act accordingly uh, to meet that why. I think I guess the, is what I, would I say. think the other red flag here, and I see it in some of the in, in each of these, is that when you remove yourself from the workplace, you remove yourself from that community and people's natural yeah. daily rhythms, and it your your job just naturally takes up a big yeah. space in your daily life. And without that and lacking something to fill it with or a community of people who are in a similar situation, I think it could feel kind of empty. And it's definitely a concern that Laura and I have expressed. And we've been talking to you and Lori about it. Like, okay, how did you guys find community? Because socialization is a huge part of, you know, the workplace and being connected to other people and contemporary life. And, you know, I don't want to just crawl in a hole and, and disappear. I mean, one of the things to, to hit back on the trawler that we've been talking about, like where to live in, in Phi and Laura and I were doing some heavy research over the weekend. I'm like, okay, if we got a trawler, this is what it would look like. And we're looking at the space that we're in. And she's like, yeah, but you like, even if you did an RV, you're, you could get out of that space and just step onto land and go see other people. Right. <laughs> right. The boat. You're like, it's, true. it's just water. <laughs> can just, just step out of the boat. I mean, and so I, I do feel like socialization in both of these posts is huge, yes. you know, community. This next post fire uh, post is actually a response to another post uh, titled regret having fired. And the, the original poster was looking for feedback uh, on people who had taken the plunge of leaving their job and later regretted it. And so this individual wrote uh, that they left their job in their mid-40s, and parts of it were great. They were doing the fun things they expected to do, exercising, you know, all of the things, many things, uh, you know, they're common to people who are looking to retire early. But two big negatives. One we talked about a little already, and that's missing doing fulfilling work. Of course, there's lots of ways to to address that. And they they did try to do that, you know, doing volunteer work, part time teaching at a community college. And they discovered that those things really weren't for them. That's fine. You have the freedom to do that in Phi. But the second negative is the one that struck me. And that is I missed having a larger budget. Running was great for a while, but I missed having the money to attend yoga or other exercise classes. I miss being able to do family vacations beyond camping which is fun for two summers, but variety <laughs> is the spice of life. In the end, after two years, I went back into a full-time job. So what, what is your maybe very obvious take-home from that second thing that caught me, Eric? Too lean. They suck at math. No, they, Too lean. Yeah, they didn't do the math right <laughs> based on no. what they wanted. And, and I think you and I have been pretty serious about – well, you especially have been serious about dividing up the buckets. And like, if you need a bucket for doing yoga and vacations, you better make sure it's fully funded before you step into fire. So it's, I mean, I think we all know it's possible to under budget, but uh, here you see the the consequence of that reality. And um, yeah, it's not really where I'd want to be. No, and it's something that, 
you know, you and I have talked about either on the show or in in private conversation about concerns about that. Both of us set our number. I set mine much earlier than you, but we both set it and then later continued to increase it. Yeah. Uh, because we had more information. We realized and, and thought about and talked with our significant others about things that were important to us. How many vacations did we want to take? How often do you think you're going to replace your car? Um, are there other people in your life that uh, you know you may need to spend money on to help support? You know, whatever those things are, you have to think about them and you have to put them in your plan. This is not just about a formula, right? We even said this in our episode about setting the number. It's not just that formula. Well, 25x my expenses and I'm done. Well, are your current expenses in your saving mode the same as they're going to be post-fire? Probably not for most people. Sometimes they go down, sometimes they go up. But you really need to be sure you at least understand what's important so it's fully funded to the point that, that you just made. I mean, this sounds like they were real tight. If they couldn't make these, like what I consider to be simple move, budgetary moves happen, then there must have been no contingency. There must have been like zero slop built into built into the budget, which... We haven't talked about a lot, but I, you know, as someone who does design and construction all the time, we're always building contingencies into budgets, you know, it's a 10% yes. contingency until, you know, we got one month left in the construction and then we can start to, you know, release some of those unknowns and some of those yes. funds. But, you know, if you don't build that into your budget, you really, you can't account for some of these things that you may not know. Cause as I read this, I think, okay, well, what if I didn't know? that was going to be the thing that I wanted to do in retirement. Like for me, like what, what if I want to take sailing lessons or something, you know, yeah. um, how do you plan for those contingencies? And you, you have, there has to be some amount of slop in your, your budget to account for that. And sounds yes. like for this person, it was a deal breaker. Um, I'd never want it to be <laughs> the, the, the thing that breaks the budget. Yeah, no, that's an excellent point. I mean, sitting here as the, the post-fire guy, uh, my reaction to all of these post-fire stories is somewhat similar. And that is, you need to know why you're going to this place, why you intend to, why you're driving towards financial independence and what you believe you want out of retiring early once you take that decision. And by retire early, I typically mean leaving your primary career, the one that got you to where you are to do something different or to do less of that thing, whatever it is. What's your why? What do you aim to do? How do you want to spend your time to the, the most recent story? If you still want to be taking yoga or having someone clean your house twice a month, you better have that in your budget <laughs> because if it's not, you're going to miss it. Uh, so there, there's, there's, there's a different decision behind. I am actively deciding that this thing is no longer important. I'm not going to fund it. And oops, I didn't fund it because I didn't realize it was important. Yeah. So thinking through this, measure twice, cut once. Um, also, just try on, try on the lifestyle. Like give, yeah, take it for that's a, a great point. Take it for a spin before you, you know, go full full hog. <laughs> just yes. there, there's there's actually pretty easy ways to do that, I think. And um, but I just like the fact that we're talking about all the dimensions of, you know, your your post fi and I'm pre fi and. You know, we each have different concerns and also, you know, different realities and different lifestyles, but there's a huge range in there of things to consider and think totally. about. And I think the more consideration and time you thought you put into it, the better prepared you're going to be. And I think you, you and I are both planners. And I think by and large, people who are in the fire movement are planners. And so some yes. of these kind of surprise me a little bit, 
because I, I, I say, well, what kind of planning did you do before you, you know, pulled the trigger kind of thing? It doesn't sound like yeah. it's not the kind of planning I would have done. Yeah, I, I do have those questions and you will see some of those raised by commenters in those Reddit posts. Um, you know, some of these people are younger, no. so they may have just gotten really caught up in the excitement of achieving this goal and set it as such a challenge. And then when they got there, they weren't really prepared for it. I don't mean to cast them all under that same bucket. They're certainly not all young people. This is not a Gen Xer sitting here making fun of millennials. Not my intention <laughs> yes, at all. Is. Irrespective of your age uh, and, and, you know, your your you know, tenure in your job or whatever, right? These, all these things still apply, you know, and, and I think Eric, you summarized it really well there. Um, there's a lot to think about pre-fire and post-fire and none of us are perfect. We're all human beings. We cannot make perfect plans, but, you know, thinking through some of the topics that have been raised here, the examples of others who've come, you know, before and have written about this uh, path is incredibly informative for me. Um, I have not stopped reading these posts. Yes, I focus much more on post-fire now. I like to see when I find one of those three years or even five years post-early retirement because uh -huh. uh, you could you could just learn so much from anybody else's experiences. They're always going to be different than yours, but they're still going to be informative. Yeah, and you have a great you know, year out post. So I think, you know, we'll link that up in the show Thanks. notes and, um, continue to follow your story. And yeah, it's, uh, I, I mean, you've kind of got me interested in Reddit a little bit because there's a lot here, but Woo. man, it's a big, uh, yeah, that's, that's a big hole to fall into, <laughs> especially you, you heard that here Ooh, folks. Man. And, uh, let, let me just add to that. And that, that might mean at some point, I'm not going to promise it. His time is not as free as mine. You might even see Eric pop into the two sides of five subreddit, which oh God, is I one? did end up creating <laughs> oh my God. after a couple of people asked me to do it. Now there's, this is not putting pressure on Eric, okay. uh, but we did start a community there. It, it was asked for, uh, to follow on our journey. So if you find that useful, in addition to, you know, <laughs> The, the show website where we post the show notes feel free to check it out and let us know your reactions to this episode we'd, we'd love to continue the conversation join us as the conversation continues next time on two sides of Fi. if you've enjoyed the show please consider rating it at apple podcasts or wherever you listen for show notes resources and links to the video version please check out our website at two sides of 